Hello, and welcome to the Gaming Fix Podcast, episode 235, on August 13th, 2022. I am your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. The Wet Gamer, a.k.a. your partner's favorite esports moment. I am joined today by Pat. That's a good question. I think maybe the first time Alliance won the International... Okay. That was pretty that was pretty hype. Is there like um, a particular moment from the match or from the set? Um or was it just the, the victory itself was so hype? I think it was most the mostly the thing that I remember was the ending mm-hmm. of that like not the end of the game but just like the the after the the game ended and like all the confetti and them celebrating and stuff. That's up there. I also, I mean, it's front of, I don't, Sonic Fox winning uh, at Mortal Kombat is mm-hmm. up there, too. Um, I was going to say Sonic Fox versus Goichi at uh, Evo the f- when Dragon Ball was on main Dragon stage. Dragon Ball, yeah. That, also, was, that also set, huge. The, that entire yeah. tournament was, damn. Yeah, those are good. Um, also, kind of not really the esports of it being the moment but um i remember in like 2015 whatever the i don't remember if it was the first year the league of legends world championship was held the lcs championship Mm -hmm. was held in south korea at a football stadium and imagine dragons yep and we my friends and i watched the entire lcs season like we would like Mm -hmm. get together if we like we had a night where we would like get together and catch up on all the vods and like mm. we avoided spoilers and stuff and i don't even remember the games in mm. the championship i just remember after watching for a season and not really comprehending how big of a thing it was going to be and then seeing a fucking football stadium yep. huge enormous mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. 180,000 person capacity filled with people yep and it wasn't like they were just sitting around the stage it was like filled to the to the yep. nosebleeds with people yep to go watch League of Legends. Like even though I'm not a big Imagine Dragons fan, like watching the opening ceremonies and the the mm. the the performance stuff was so we were so hyped because it was like holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is like this is this is more people than go to American sports. Yeah. To watch League of Fucking Legends, yeah. this game that all of us had been playing at that point for, you know, like 7 8 years, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh because we had all played since beta. Um, yeah, and that, I think that was season three, maybe season four. Yeah, it was pretty early on in their eSport in, like, LCS. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, The game was really huge at that point, obviously. Mm-hmm, yeah. But it was when they were first starting to say, like, you know, 40 million players, 50 million players, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it started to become those, like... There's something about, like, World of Warcraft cresting 10 million subscribers was wild, but it was also, like... I don't know that's 10 million people is a is an imaginable number of people to a degree mm-hmm. like you you can go like oh so that's like the population of these three cities mm-hmm. spread out all over the world playing world of warcraft wow that's crazy but it's like you can comprehend it but when it started to become like the numbers like 60 million when league hit numbers like that it was like this is Several countries combined. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dozens of countries yeah. combined. Imagine if, like, the entirety of Western Europe played mm-hmm. a video game. And <laughs> they do. And like, that is called FIFA. Fuck. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it, it it's it's... The thing I think about it with League is, like, it's not... 
when Call of Duty does those numbers, those I mean, they don't do those kind of numbers, but when yeah. they do big numbers, I'm like, whatever, because it's like how many people went to go see a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're huge properties, and and you know, just like the plenty thing of people you do. just buy plenty of people who don't play Call of Duty, any Call of Duty for more than five or six hours just buy call of duty and that's like the reason they have an xbox is to play call of duty for a couple weeks when it comes out and to stream stuff and that's it and so it doesn't really surprise me but you can't really do that with league of legends because it requires a degree of patience and understanding of the game systems that is that that means that you can't really just play you can't you can't be the be a person. You have to have spent some time at some point learning. Now you yeah. can like now I can just dip in and play for an hour or two a few times a year, but it's only because I spent 5 or 6 years playing mm-hmm. like 20 hours a week of league. Yes. Uh and it doesn't mean that I'm good at it, but it means that now I can just go, yeah, sure, I'll play a game of league because it's it's like it's it's ingrained in my brain and I know how the game works. So I may not know how items work now and there's always different stuff and there's characters i'm not i don't understand but i can just pop open like an app that shows me builds and mm-hmm. go okay well i know how to play a moomoo so i yeah. can just hang out in the bottom lane and play moomoo uh and and stuff like that so uh it, it's it, it's wild to me that that game has that high a number of and i and th- i think when they say those numbers they're like active players it's not like you would just hope total yeah, accounts. It's, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that was a long answer to your question, but that oh, moment have, in yeah, in uh, South Korea uh, mm-hmm. with the the opening of that my that year of of LCS is why I I got into the league esports scene. I think it was the year before that. It might have mm-hmm. been two years before. I don't remember the exact time, but it was season two of uh, the league esports stuff before the LCS. And I think uh, the winner was uh, from Taipei and Mm -hmm. they were, they got in through a wildcard tournament. They were severe underdogs and somehow they made it through all the way to the end and just dominated uh, the, their opponent who like was the favorite to win. And that was just so hype. And I was rooting for him. I was like, Oh yeah, let's go underdogs. And then they pulled it out. And then I bought the skins that they made for the team because <laughs> they do like limited skins for all the winners. Yep. So that's I cool. Had, I yeah. had to pick those up. That stuff is very, uh, it's, you know, I still hang up on the, I wish players would just use their dang names <laughs> because <laughs> I think that that's still a, a pretty there, major barrier. God, there was a guy on C9 who went by Rusty Castro. Uh huh. And yep, they, ma- they made him, they made him change it because it was inappropriate. So he had to well, go by like, Castro. Um, like fucking mad had to go by bucking mad at some tournaments because they made him change it. But then like all the commentary people at TI just called him fucking mad because mm-hmm. that was what his name was. But it's like, just use your stupid, like if I ever were, I'm, I will never be an esports pro. If I ever was an esports pro, I would just make my name Pat. That would be my, <laughs> that would be my handle <laughs> because I just, I, I, it's i think that's such a huge i still think that's such a huge barrier to like legitimacy and stuff and i don't understand why people hold on to it the way that they do maybe um, but i like but who are you trying to legitimize yourself towards cuz sure you, but you've and got it's people like legitimate really yeah if you've got um, people like so, ninja who are the biggest 
people in the world and they you know they go on family feud and they go by tyler ninja blevins or whatever and you know who, yeah who cares? that's fair like, i think it's more that i just wanted i want distance from those people from <laughs> i want distance from ninja sure yeah i sure. want league of legends to be better than ninja <laughs> uh yeah that's fair but but it's it's totally not you're right it's not actually a barrier for anything it's just I, something i it, wish that they would do differently your your inner boomer is showing uh yeah, for the, sure and what you were talking about with fucking mad and like them making change the name or rusty castro and watching these different organizations how they handle like the presentation and what is okay for them to say or like how media trained the people are uh and whatnot and i was watching the apex legends uh pro tournament a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago and at one point they're like okay let's listen in on this team and they go to that team's mics and they are just cursing and nonstop like, oh, this fucking guy, that motherfucker over there. And it was yeah. really funny. And they, I couldn't believe how long they stayed on it just because you would figure like, oh, no, we got to make this like kid friendly or whatever. But they just let those guys go with their thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's not yeah. like they're going to monitor what they're saying. 20 teams sure. yeah. in the middle of a tournament. Like we have to c- catch everything you say. Like. But I was surprised how long they listened in on them because they were so mad the, at that point. <laughs> it's one of the best things about watching NASCAR is you gotta you get to go, you gotta like keep your notepad ready to count the number of times they say the fuck word on TV because <laughs> it's at least two or three times every night. Because usually at the end, especially now with the prevalence of let's fucking go, usually mm-hmm. at the end of a race everybody around the driver is screaming let's fucking go let's fucking go and it all gets picked up on the cameras and broadcast on like fox and nbc and then they have to do the we apologize for any strong language that you may have (laughs) (laughs) it's really funny that's that's good shit yeah more saying fuck on national television please we need a new seven words you can't say on television or radio, but we'll we'll come to that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Actually, I don't think that we do because it would be produced. It would be like it would be some like chud being like, I can't say something transphobic or something like misogynist. It wouldn't even be like the the, the swear words. It would be. I'm being crushed by the leftist agenda, and so I mm-hmm. can't say these things on television, <laughs> and I don't need I don't need that. <laughs> true, true. Well, uh, speaking of esports, you have brought the sportiest of esports, as far as I'm aware, the most anime of esports. That's definitely true. I mean, League of Legends does have that Star Guardian thing going on right now. Yeah, which is basically just that's, Sailor that's, Moon. That's like cosplay, and that's only like ten of a hundred and sixty characters or whatever. It's fair, so. but they did basically just do an anime opening with Porter Robinson for I, the song. I to, do need to, to listen to that. It's very good, and uh, also now when you launch. I promise I'll talk about the game I actually brought it in. But when you launch League of Legends, it, there's a visual novel in there. There's a whole Star Guardians visual novel. There's a visual novel in Apex Legends, but... uh, Yeah. (laughs) uh, 
So um, anyway, is, uh, I no, think there's a visual novel in at least some of these games that you're. About oh yeah. To talk about? Oh fuck yeah. Of course. Yes, that's the whole. I think that's yes. how it works. Very yeah. much. So anyway, for I should say how we got here because we're still we were talking about esports, which it's worth talking a little bit about Evo, I think, because that right. happened kind of since our last recording, right during um, and, was yeah. last weekend. Yeah. Um. So I finally remember to basically to watch Evo this year. I I always like want to watch it and then then clips start coming out and I'm like, wait a minute, was that last weekend? Fuck. Um, and this year though, I was remembering to watch it thanks to multiverses because I saw that there was going to be a multiverses tournament. So I put it on my calendar. I was like, yeah, I really got to watch this multiverses tournament. Have your shit. So together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't think, I don't feel like I do, but so you put, uh, put an Evo multiverses Evo on your calendar. That's, uh, but the only way, well, that's because I always forget to watch every sure. year. Yeah. So I watched the multiverse tournament was super cool. It was really fun to see. It was uh, a couple of smash players one, which isn't surprising. Do you um, remember who? Uh, it was, um, yeah. Why am I blanking on their names? I definitely, it was a uh, Leffen. Did Leffen win? Or do no, he, he played in no, something else? You, no, uh, he... I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Cause I want to say it. it's, I, I know where to find it really it's fast. Dr. Mewtwo. It's a mutant Mewtwo King. No. That's what it, that's what his name is. Okay. No, no, it was, um, it was Nakat and Void. I don't know who those uh, people are. I didn't know who they were either. Probably they don't newfangled Smash. Smash players. Leffen, Leffen was in the top eight. Uh, okay. Leffen was, um, I think maybe they played in the grand final. No, no. Um, it was Mirror Man and Rose J were the uh, their opponents in the grand final. Not everyone in the the tournament was a Smash player because yeah. Multiverses has has actually managed to grab like a lot of fighting game fighting game people that yeah. are not platform fighting people in addition to smash people because uh, it's really fucking fun uh and it has a lot of elements of traditional fighting games that smash does not have i don't want to say a lot but there's characters the characters are some of the like aria for example fighting game players love aria because she just plays like a fighting game character kind of like she has some mechanics that are like smash mechanics but she mostly just does big combos and stuff like that so anyway um that was really fun to watch they weren't on main stage or anything but it was a, it was a cool tournament the uh tony hoen um who's the lead developer was there and he was like super involved and and uh and stuff and a bunch of people had shirts on with his face on them which was pretty funny because uh, he seems like a, a nice guy um maybe unfortunate that he is unable or unwilling to answer the Asia server question. Yes, <laughs> but, uh, Guys on my shit list. Outside, outside of that, I understand why he's on <laughs> your shit list, but he seems like a very sweet guy. Um, maybe gives a little too much room for the Walter White beggars of the community. <laughs> he's going to come out at Evo next <laughs> but, year, and he's going to be like... No, he's gonna be, he's gonna bring Brian Cranston on. That's stage what they should do. That's what they should year. do is get is they should get multiverses on the main stage and then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> bring it'll Brian be Brian Cranston out to announce Walter White. Maybe out of beta, it'll be in like a. Oh yeah. Uh, well, maybe as far as I know, I don't know what they're. As far as I know, the season one release is uh, the season one release okay. is out of beta. I'm oh, pretty okay. sure that's okay. like it's like a very short beta period. Okay. But they've said that like obviously this is a live service. Yeah. I think yeah. they kind of basically the. If I remember correctly, the wording was basically like they acknowledged that beta, the term beta is stupid when they're taking your money and mm-hmm. that like 
the game's going to keep changing yes. and evolving, but they're just calling it 1.0 when it... In fact, I think the version number now is already like 1.2 or something. Uh, so, whatever. Uh, anyway, that was fun. I don't need to talk more about multiverses. We're in holding pattern for another couple days. Uh, yeah, that uh, season I, pass I, actually finally coming out uh, yeah, on the 15th. I, I played a bunch of that this week, too, but I kind of am now like, okay, I want the season pass to come out. I have more characters to master, but I've gotten five of them to level 15, which is a lot of grinding those characters. So I, I'm like ready for more just stuff. Just play the characters you like. But yeah. <laughs> well, I like them all. That's the thing yeah. is I like the way all of them play. So, And then um, I guess the ranked season will start with season one or something, right? So Something like that, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was cool. And then I watched Dragon Ball, which was really cool. There was a really good um, Sal Scream uh, this yep. year mm-hmm. for Dragon Ball, uh, which was cool. Uh, they had a false start. No, <laughs> somebody fucked it up and screamed early, and then it uh, screwed up the whole timing of everything. So they went back to character select <laughs> and did it. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, the, but, that um, uh, the commentator for the the French guy was real good. Yes, yes, he was. He was great. Um, all the commentary really yes, good. People yes. were worried about this year because it was the first year back. Uh, and also first year under Sony, Sony leadership. Yeah. yeah. Um, and aside from the, fe- from what I heard, if you were there, there was a little bit of the Sony stuff was kind of like in your face. And I guess they had like weird, like product demos that they called panels and they were just like demos for Sony products, <laughs> which was <laughs> apparently kind of stupid. <laughs> um, okay. but, uh, but, but th- it didn't take up too much space and it wasn't really like, you could just ignore it for the most yeah. part. And um, the commentary teams were really good the whole weekend. Uh, and uh, so I ended up watching all day Sunday. I got up and watched KOF, uh, which was interesting. I'm not very interested in that game, but it's it's interesting to see. Um, and was interesting to hear them talk about. I watched the Tekken uh, Top 8. And I'd watched Street Fighter the night before, too. Uh, oh, wait. Was, which was Street good. Fighter Street not Fighter on good. main stage? It was, yeah, yeah. Okay. They they do main stage Saturday night and they did main stage okay. Saturday night so, and Sunday. But it wasn't it wasn't so, like the final game of the show. No, right? no. Usually they, it's they, fi- I, or in the past it's been final game. So I think that they pick the final game and please feel free to correct me if you're listening and I'm wrong based on the number of entrants. So I don't think that's true because I think Dragon Ball the year it was on main stage had way more entrants than Street maybe, Fighter. But but they they they're um the the entrance have to do with where they are slotted. I'm pretty maybe, positive. That maybe that's the I, case. Street Fighter was always at like was always like the main stage game, but Street Fighter Five is well, they're like, all fallen they, out. They have, uh, well, it's like the like the end of the show game, but sure. but now like the la- I think the last time it was the it was like this is the last time that Street Fighter will be the, the final game of the show. Yeah. Previously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also the last year for Street Fighter Five, obviously. Um, presumably, unless yes. something happens yeah. to Street Fighter Six, which could happen. But, um, but it went out. It was really good. Uh, it was the Street Fighter t- uh, Top Eight was really really cool. Um, and uh, the then King of Fighters was kind of cool. Tekken was fun. Um, and what was the one right before Guilty Gear? Now I'm blanking on what game it was. That Tekken. Uh, there were I thought I thought there were four games on Sunday. Anyway, um, the kind of the 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 thing that uh was that that really grabbed me was that Guilty Gear 
top eight uh, mm-hmm. was really, really cool. And uh, they came out and announced Bridget before the game the game started, um, which was fun. And then it was a really good top eight. Uh, it was cool. Uh, Let me show. Street Fighter was before Guilty Gear. On oh, the main right. Stage. Street Fighter was on Sunday, yeah, not yeah, on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, right, so right, right, right. it was yeah, yeah, okay. second to last game. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, 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 that's quite the uh, upset. But I assume six will be back in the final slot. Potentially, but maybe I not. mean, the thing the thing about Guilty Gear that they, um, it had over a thousand registrants for Evo, uh-huh. which is a fucking a lot of people for an in-person tournament. And um, they announced that they have over a million, they sold over a million copies of Guilty Gear Strive, which is wow. huge for a fighting game in yeah. 2022 that's not Street Fighter. Um, any, even... Like I don't even know if Tekken Seven's done those. Mortal, must have. Mortal Kombat would be would yeah, probably beat yeah. those numbers, but that's like the only yeah. One. But for an anime fighting game, especially yeah. for a Guilty Gear, is is it's those are huge numbers. Uh, and um, the so so it was exciting, and the Bridget announcement was really cool. Uh, I didn't really understand the full implications of the Bridget announcement at the time because I didn't know the character very well, but I could talk more about that in a minute. But the top eight was really good. Umi Show One, uh, who was like, was very cool to see. Um, and uh, it's cool because Umi Show is a, uh, a a trans woman, and the character Bridget that they announced has kind of a complex history within Guilty Gear's lore, um, which is the games that. Uh, talk about that guilty gear because that's what i've been playing mostly this week outside of the normal stuff um but she's an interesting character because in the f- sort of fiction it turns out guilty gear actually has super dense and interesting lore <laughs> more so than most fighting games um mm. it's kind of dumb in a lot of cases but it's cool uh it's like Sign very self-aware and yeah exactly i think you would like the lord guilty gear quite a lot who's the guy with the is it oh god what's his name he's got it's he's like abe lincoln oh yeah gold lewis dickinson okay yeah is yeah. he he's like, this he's the united states secretary of defense and he right, fights okay. the coffin that has yes. a cryptid in it yes yeah. right uh-huh, okay and yeah. he's going to be my main when i start playing Don't, strive because fuck good, man good, good. that's yeah. so good that's, um i mean like the the so the story of Bridget in past Guilty Gear games is that she was um a they she was um assigned male at birth uh and a twin brother and in their village or whatever there was um it's not really a prophecy but it's bad to ha- have twin brothers it's like people are superstitious about families with with mm. twin brothers so to, in order to protect them the parents raised bridget to be they actually did not raise her as a girl but they raised them to to like wear girls clothing growing up so that people would think that that they were a girl and it's kind of a it's in the past it's been deployed in a sort of problematic way in that a lot of anime gender tropes are problematic not in the same way that they tend to be in western media where it's just like transphobic and that's the point more just that there's a lot more confusion around some of those subjects when they're deployed in anime um they can be just people working out a lot of complicated feelings Mm. and it's always pretty messy 
And so not necessarily like really problematic or hateful in the way that it comes out in a lot of Western media, but kind of not great portrayal of this character that is clearly there's things that they are trying to say about gender with this character. And this character's narrative through Guilty Gear uh, XX, I want to say, um, which was the last game that they appeared in, in Accent Core Plus, uh, was they need she needs to beat this guy who's really tough to prove her masculinity to the world. Um, that that even though she dresses as a girl, that she's a boy, and so and she can beat people up, and she's a bounty hunter, and so you know, not a great port like store or story arc either. Of like, yes, I wear girls' clothing, but I can beat people up, and that's how I'm proving myself as a man. Actually, so Bridget coming back with this trailer was kind of like. At the time, I was just like, oh, cool. I remember her from when I was a kid and played a little bit of Guilty Gear and just mashed the buttons mm-hmm. and because of the yo-yo, because she uses a yo-yo. Oh, okay. And, but I didn't remember anything about her. I thought she was just like, she's just a girl. Like, she's just an anime girl. That's what I remembered mm-hmm. because I never played the stories when I was a kid. Sure. Uh, and so um, it turns out there's this complex gender stuff. And at the end of uh, Bridget's arcade mode in Guilty Gear Strive, the new one, she basically has like, and I'm not saying this to make fun of it at all. She has like a therapy session with Gold Lewis Dickinson, where he starts <laughs> off and he's like, um, "Howdy, cowgirl, how's it going?" and and she's like, "Well, cowgirl's not really, I don't know." And he's like, "Oh, sorry, cowboy, how's it going?" And then they're talking, and she's talking about how she's not sure if she can be herself, and like, will her parents still accept her, and will like her friends, you know, whatever. And he's, and, and gold Lewis is like, t- tells her like, don't live your life the way that I did. I live my life as a lie because of things I couldn't be honest with myself about many years ago. And you should live your truth or whatever. And then Kai, the sort of the cop literally of the series yeah. shows up and is like, Hey guys, how's it going? And then they all start talking and he's like, you should definitely be honest with yourself or whatever. And then Gold Lewis is like, all right, well, see see you later, cowgirl. I mean, cowboy. And then uh, Bridget is like, no, you're right the first time because I am a girl. And then it that's like the end of the, the code of the thing. And, and um, you know, pretty easy to interpret as like her coming out as trans yeah. and actually them kind of clo- actually being clear about her gender and um and and kind of making good in a sense on that story and in 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 what it ends up doing is making a pretty cool because um i was listening to renata price talk about this on waypoint radio and uh she also wrote an article about it on vice it's really good i recommend reading it and she talked about how like stories of gender identity for queer people are always messy in this way they are never like clean trite little things that you can just sort of put in a box and say, this is this person finding their trans identity. They're always confusing. Um, so with this sort of coda to the story for Bridget and her gender identity, it kind of, in a sense, elevates that earlier story to being a lot more, um, uh, a lot more honest and, and like representative of some yeah. people's experience, um, which is cool. So that part was all really neat, um, and I, I I had been wanting to get back into fighting games for a long time, because I played them a lot as a kid, but I didn't really have people to play with, and so through college I just kind of bailed on them, because online for fighting games at the time sucked, and yeah. 
if, it, uh, if they had I, it. <laughs> and and I just was so nervous about going to to stuff with strangers when I was in college that there was no fucking way I would show up to like a tournament or something uh, unless I had friends to go with and I just didn't have friends that were playing yeah. fighting games. So I just kind of let it go. And I've been wanting to ever since rollback netcode became a thing i've been wanting to get back into fighting games but i think you know i tried with street fighter which i don't think has rollback uh i don't know but um i didn't really like it that much and i tried with mortal Kombat and injustice and i've just i just don't like nether realm games i think they're cool i respect that people love them but i just am not inter- interested in them really so that kind of i bounced off that stuff um and i kind of tried with grand blue fantasy versus but that the online and that's pretty bad too um so it it just every time i've tried to hit it i've kind of bounced off because i've sort of been it's been covid so there wasn't now i would happily go to a local tournament even if i don't know anybody just to go check it out and, and hang out and meet people but um it 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 felt couldn't do that during COVID really. And, uh, I was just always having a hard time finding the right fighting game to kind of get back in with. Uh, and so guilty gear, seeing all that stuff around the character, uh, it was such a cool set of things. I've always really loved the art. I played guilty gear and guilty gear X two when I was a kid. Um, just like on guilty gear X two came out when I was in high school, I think. And so we would just button mash and not really pay attention to the story (laughs) or anything. Uh, and so now I'm trying to go back through and, and I'm touching, I've played some of Guilty Gear, Guilty Gear X2, hashtag reload, and Guilty Gear XX, Accent Core plus R, and I think the R stands for reload. Uh, <laughs> I, and, and it's funny because Guilty Gear X2 reload and Guilty Gear XX, Accent Core plus R are both like, um, sort of like arcade editions or whatever of, Guilty Gear XX, which is the third game, because <laughs> Guilty Gear X was the second game and it never got translated into mm-hmm. English or brought over. Uh, and it's funny though because Guilty Gear XX Accent Core Plus R uh, is like a technically a re-release of XX, but its story mode is like a sequel. It's totally different. You can't. It's it's why, completely. Why do they do this? Oh my! I God. don't know. It's so fucked up. They don't do it anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> I just uh, like, now there was now there just, was a time where video games were absolute yeah, well, nonsense. fighting games. Yeah, it, specifically Japanese fighting games yeah. were absolute nonsense. I, now, it continues with like, uh, or not continues, but like. Uh, Monster Hunter, I think, also gets to, into a lot of that. Not as extent, bad, it's, but... It's just a different kind of nonsense than you needing to buy the 30th anniversary collection for Destiny 2 and then an expansion pack and then season passes. Like, it's... Yeah. And, and, and then they delete pass content. In well, yeah, the only fucking get me started. <laughs> um, still love Destiny 2. Uh, still playing a bunch of that, too. But um, the... The, the the Guilty Gear thing is also funny because people... I saw a thread. I was looking... So, Guilty Gear 1 is really fucking hard. Uh, however, it's also made harder when it's running at, like, 2,000 frames a second. Cool. <laughs> what uh, what do you... What was it originally on? Was it on PS2? PlayStation 1. Uh, PlayStation, PlayStation 1. 1. It came how, out in 1998. That's how far back the series is. I was not aware of the series mm-hmm. until Revelator. 
I think. Oh yeah, no. So, you, there's 20 like, years of not 20 years, but like yeah, 15 there, years there's of a, history there's a before lot that. Of, yeah. If I have um. No so idea. so Guilty Gear one, and so f- I've told you this, everybody for everybody listening. I'm not doing the me thing where I'm like I have to hundred percent each of these games before I can play the next one. Basically, what I'm doing, it's it's I would actually be fine just watching lore videos and reading about it. I'm more interested in playing the characters so that I have playing each character for a little bit so that I have a sense of like who these characters are because a big stumbling block that I ran into when I tried to get into blaze blue, which was way before the podcast. Like, Oh my God. I've long time ago. Also tried to get into blaze blue. I just, I remember like opening it and there were like 25 characters and I didn't fucking know who any of them were. And I didn't know what any of them did. And it was just like staring at like a refrigerator. I was like, (laughs) I don't, I am so it, it literally it made me bounce off the game because I was like I don't have the capacity to come to try to understand what all of these characters are and what they do all at once and so this method of getting into Guilty Gear has actually been super helpful for me because the first game only has ten characters in it mm. and so it's way too hard for me to so I was by default it runs at an uncapped frame rate because there's like no options on the PC version. I'm playing them on PC. Oh. This is another big thing is yeah. for years I told myself the PC was a shitty place to play fighting games, but actually it's kind of become pretty much mm-hmm. as good as PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, and Street Fighter 6 is going to have crossplay. Um yep. and Guilty Gear Strive is getting a crossplay update soon. Yep. Uh so like crossplay is starting to come to fighting games too, mm-hmm. which means it doesn't matter where you play. And for me sitting at my desk with a controller is a better way to play a competitive game. Also, also, like a monitor is going to have such better, like input lag is a non-factor basically. Whereas on playing on a TV, depending on the quality of your TV, it's going to be, you know, so I just prefer to play. I just prefer to play games on PC anyway, and so that's been a big part of it. So anyway, I'm playing these games on PC, but on PC for Guilty Gear One, you it runs at it's two thousand is an exaggeration, but it's at least Mm -hmm. three or four hundred frames a second that it's running at old ass games run real quick. So I was playing it, and I'm like, I can't fucking do anything. I can't do any of these inputs. It's so hard. The AI is so fast. They just, like, <laughs> obliterate me. I could get, if I if I really pressed, I could get to stage nine. So there's 11 stages, because there's 10 characters, and then uh, mm-hmm. you fight the boss at the end. And I eventually I got to the boss with Soul Bad Guy one time, and I just <laughs> was like... Dude, this is stupid. And and the original, the first Guilty Gear has this horrible instant kill mechanic where you push two buttons and then you do a quarter circle forward and, and, a, and a strike button and then you instantly kill the opponent. And, and you can escape it if you do quarter circle back and a strike button when it happens. But, like, the AI can instantly easily escape it every time. Mm. and they don't always like they can miss it yeah but you as a person it's a it's like impossible to hit it like people don't yeah i was reading i was sort of reading to make sure i'm not totally a scrub and people were like no you can't get out of the ai's instant kills it's basically just do they decide to do it if they decide Mm -hmm. to do it you're screwed uh so when you pair that with the game running at like multiple hundreds of frames per second and the AI running at multiple hundreds of frames per second, it's a bad time. And yeah. so then I turned it, then I locked it to 60 in the NVIDIA control panel and was like, oh, this is playable now. <laughs> okay. I thought that I, it was like, it was like coming out of the hyperbaric time chamber or hyperbolic time chamber. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, now I'm at normal earth levels of gravity. <laughs> yeah, you took off the way to train uh, clothes. And... 
and and I started to have more fun with it. I still couldn't beat the boss, but I well, except with Potemkin, who is this big, huge guy. He's the big guy in Guilty Gear, the big Russian guy who's basically Juggernaut uh, from the X Men, and he I it was like. I just used one attack and I beat, I cleared the whole game and the whole arcade mode. And it was very funny. Balance. Everyone else, it's a huge struggle. And for him, it's just like, no, you just punch him heavy punch over and over again and you're good. Um, but anyway, played some of that game. I kind of dabbled with each, basically I tried arcade mode with each character. And if there was a character that I liked, I would give it a few tries, a few continues with them and then go, okay, I'm good. And then I watched all the endings. Uh, and so then I checked out Guilty Gear X2 Reload, which is really interesting um, because its story is told. This is where the visual novel part comes in, starts to okay. come in, because uh, its story is told in between the fights. You get like yeah. a, a little visual novel bit, and um, it's not a super complex story. The lore of Guilty Gear is pretty complicated, but the actual story that happens in within the game isn't so bad for Guilty Gear X2. Um, and it's kind of cool because each character has different endings based on how certain fights go, which would have been extremely frustrating if you were trying to 100% the game when it came out. But I just had a game facts thing up that tells you, like, here's how you get each ending. And I did one ending for each character and then watched the ones that were... There are 60 different endings, so it's like... How many characters? And only uh, 20. Okay. Um, 20 of the characters are sort of canon path one endings and then uh, or 20 of the endings and then there's alternate ending two different alternate endings for each character what's interesting is it's not super this is like the coolest thing narratively and kind of the 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 juicy core of my what i wanted to touch on with these games is it's like super non-linear storytelling in a way that's very cool because you can play any of the character story modes and they're all basically happening at once mm-hmm. and they're all crossing paths or not. Not every character talks sure. to every other character and they all kind of loosely fit together, but different at times there's like, I don't want to say plot holes, but there's like narrative inconsistencies with like what characters say and where they are. But I think it's really cool because it results in this sort of unfolding picture of the whole of what happened during the events of that game that I think is really neat. And it doesn't, it's hard to do that in other genres of games because you're showing this one sort of like, basically like day of stuff that happened and it's not even anything it's not like the world is ending or anything i mean there's it's more setting up some huge monumental conflict than it is actually about something crazy it's it's so yeah. it's it's just interesting to see how the story kind of um non-linearly comes together over the course of you playing it um and you there were so there's a lot of moments even though i mean the story is not like incredible everybody's got to go play it now but there were multiple moments where i was like oh so that's why this character said this because this character said this to them before you pick them up with their story Uh and it was cool it's cool uh i think it's neat the way that that all works and then xxx and core plus r which i've i've played like five characters they're mercifully toned it back a little bit and each character there's 25 characters in that release 
which now I feel like I can wrap my head around because I've watched the roster go from 10 to 20 to 25. Sure. Uh, and um, the the that game, each character has two paths, and um, they're determined by a variety of factors, but they're also, also just like dialogue choices in it that will send you down different paths. So okay. I'm going to do one ending for each of them, I think, and then watch the other one uh, for each character. Um because I'm I'm having a good time playing them. That's the main thing is there were a couple characters in X2 Reload that I just was like, this fucking sucks. I don't like playing this character, and they make you fight this other character. And now I'm playing a character I don't like against a character that I don't like playing against. Mm-hmm. And I have I would try it like 10 times, and after that I was like, fuck this, I'm just watching this. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's I'm not having a good time. Uh, and Accent Core Plus R finally introduces uh, difficulty options too. So you can just bump the difficulty down to, like, I'm playing it on easy. You could drop it to beginner. There's one even below that. And it's a cakewalk to actually do the fights, uh, which is cool because I'm mostly just there to get a feel for how the characters work and see some of the lore. So that's been really fun. I have Strive. Before I decided to try this, I was just like, I'm just going to get Strive. And so I have that waiting for me <laughs> to go play for real. Uh, how much have you, how much is this cost you to pick up each of these? It's like games? it's like a hundred bucks. It's not okay. like total. Mm-hmm. It's not. They're super cheap. Um, so they're not. And they lowered the price on Strive, uh, mm-hmm. with the release of of uh, season two. So, um, yeah, it's not. I'm not spending like hundreds and hundreds of dollars or anything. Uh, I I do have a, a PS5 fight stick on the way that will hopefully okay. get here today that works on PC and PS5. So um, I decided that I, the stick that I have that's Xbox only, it has all Sanwa parts in it. And then this fight, this Hori stick that I have coming is Hayabusa. And so I'm, I'm going to hold on to the Xbox stick and just stick it in the closet uh, because the, it, I'm, it'll be, it would be interesting maybe to try swapping buttons out and stuff and sure. see how that goes because the buttons are platform agnostic they just you just unplug them unplug the wire and screw them in and plug them back in on the other one it is a short short walk from keyboard pervert to fight stick pervert well and it's also exists in a unholy uh trinity with sim racing pervert yeah Mm -hmm. or i should just say sim pervert not even racing flight it's all whatever uh that's i think part of this because also i want to learn to solder someday mm-hmm. and what i really want to do is take that that xbox stick because the xbox that i have is really really i got it for cheap like yeah over half off on sale um and uh it's it's really really solid like it's a very nice constructed stick it's a razor stick and it's constructed really really well it's just that the brain doesn't talk to anything but an Xbox because the PC driver is fucked. So the only mm-hmm. way to to use it on PC is to basically use a emulated Joy to Key thing, which everybody is like, it's fine. You, there's no input delay. But I'm just like, I don't want to fuck with that. I just want to. I just want to plug it in and yeah. play the game. Um, so uh, the the cool thing that you can that you can do with Fighting Sticks though is you can I can get a new board for it and basically turn it into a custom stick and just use the shell and the casing, which someday I want to do. So that's why I'm going to hold on to it and stick it in the closet. And um, mostly this new Hori stick is uh, sounds like it's fine. It's I've seen people say that seen review reviewers say like, if you're already a fight stick pervert, you probably shouldn't buy this because 
-hmm. It's certainly not going to be an upgrade on what you already have, but if you're newer, that it's a very solid kind of entry level stick. It's a little expensive for the quality of it, but it also has features that some other sticks don't have. So uh, it's kind of kind of nice. Someday I'm interested in the seeing what a hitbox is all about because. That looks cool. They, I mean, it was you could too just, much money for me to spend. You could they just made a, try playing uh, with a keyboard, you know. <laughs> well, totally. That's why the hitbox is a thing. Yeah, is because I didn't realize it's because people played on keyboards for a long time, and hitbox is like a dedicated thing for that. But they have a. Th- I couldn't justify because it it's like th- over three hundred dollars, um, which is way more than I was willing to spend on on this. But hitbox recently put out a thing. They also don't have a PS5 native one yet, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. probably fine because Sony said all PS4 sticks will work on PS5. Yeah. However, it does require the software to support them. So it's totally possible that Street Fighter 6 could say only PS5 fight sticks work. Yeah. They won't. It's There's no way they'll do that. But you never know what could happen in two or three years yeah. where you know Melty Blood finally makes its PS5 debut and it only works on PS5, mm-hmm. whatever. I was just like, I'm just going to get it. This Hori stick is like one of the first PS5 specific sticks. And mm-hmm. so it's just like, I'm just going to do that. But Hitbox came out with the Hitbox cross up, which is a Hitbox that also has a lever. So it's like, I mean, stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the Hitbox pad, so you can play it as a Hitbox, but then it also has a stick. So basically, you can you can do some pretty fucked up stuff where you use the buttons for certain inputs and the stick for other inputs. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you, it's, I was watching a video that some, this, that, that there's this guy, person on YouTube, um, Rufal Monger, who I actually got into because uh, he does multiverses stuff, but it turns out he also does a ton of fighting game stuff because he's one of those people that got into multiverses from the fighting game side, not the smash side. And he's, he's very nice. He's very soothing. His voice is very chill. Uh, Every he opens every video with "Hello and welcome," <laughs> and it's very relaxing. Anyway, he did a video about this cross-up stick and was showing some absolutely disgusting stuff that you can do in Tekken with it. <laughs> that oh, it's okay. like okay. it's not cheating, but it's <laughs> it's like fuck, man, <laughs> uh, it's nasty. Yeah. Um. So someday maybe. That's but I didn't. I didn't That's want. Like, it was like three hundred. I feel like if you're switching, and... if you're switching between the hitbox, like the key, the arrow keys, and the lever, you just turn into like one of those people who plays like console, like for sure, PlayStation games with the weird claw grip. Where That's you're... why it's hard to call it cheating because part of the point of fight sticks is that your fingers are on the buttons that you're going to press. Yeah. So, um, to have to have like your one hand on a stick and then to go from like to try to like contort your hands so you can hit the punch button while you yeah it's it's probably fine not a lot of people are going to do that but um i was reading i I hemmed and hawed about it because i was kind of like well maybe i should just play on a pad and i realized that through the help of some people on reddit talking about it too that the issue is not that i'm trying to figure out whether it's better to play on a pad or a stick it's that i really want to play on a stick Mm -hmm. uh and i'm trying to like it took me a long time to understand and realize that in that, if that is the case, you should just learn to play on a stick because it'll be fun for you versus there's not really a like question of which is better. 
some people were like, well, look at this analysis by blah, 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 blah. And then other people in the thread were like, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're talking about the top 0.05% of players, you could make arguments for like the literal physical travel time of fingers and stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah, there's ways to technically a stick results in fewer millimeters of travel between button presses and stuff. But like, <laughs> Come on, <laughs> it's yeah. not really a a thing um, for 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 the vast majority of players, and you should just play what what you think is fun. So, there's something romantic to me about the rolling, going to a tournament with my stick that has the custom Hatsune Miku art that I printed on it, and sitting down at a in a in a folding chair and plugging my stick into the PlayStation Four base or whatever is being mm-hmm. used for that tournament. And and then having playing a set and then getting up and walking away with my like I don't know that's that's part of the the thing to me sure. that is a little bit lost with just using a controller, uh, but uh, it's for Guilty Gear the top eight was pretty much all I think there was one person with a stick everybody else was controller <laughs> Evo so you don't need to I get a like, stick to, yeah, to I be feel competitive. Like anime fighters are an Evo like uh, the top players tend to be pad players for whatever yeah, reason yeah and... it's true for dragon ball too yeah um i think arxis part of it is that with guilty gear i can't you would be able to say with dragon dragon ball i think is less this way guilty gear is part of the reason it, it appeals to me is it's less about it is about combos and doing a big combo but it's less about tight timing windows than street fighter and it's more about understanding how the different characters work and being able to use their kits effectively oh, in addition to it's still hard I mean, in my opinion yeah there's still there's still you still have to be able to do the inputs it's still yeah. quarter circles and half circles and stuff and dragon punches like you st- you still have to be able to do the inputs and it's not to say that you can just like you still have to have pretty good reflexes and you still have to be able to hit the the combo windows but it's not like street fighter where you're trying to like where you're playing footsies until you bust them open and mm-hmm. then just going ham on a combo. Guilty Gear is much more about using character abilities to set up the mm-hmm. the the fight in your favor. Um which is part of why anime fighters in particular appeal to me is because that's a lot more interesting to me than being better at doing the the combo inputs than the other yeah. player. Yeah. Which is not always how Street Fighter is at the top level, but for lower tier play it's totally just do you know who knows the who knows and can execute the better combos totally is really what street fighter comes down to and i think that's part of why i haven't connected whereas guilty gear you can get clapped by somebody who does know the combos better than you but if you can learn the characters and the setups then that that gets you a lot farther than it does in street fighter Mm. uh so i think that's why I'm, i'm interested in it for sure and it seems to that seems to kind of be the case with Dragon Ball as well. Is is that there's you you need to know how the characters work? Uh, yeah, because uh, you know you've got up up to six different characters in a match at any given time with assist abilities and supers, and you can have yeah any number of supers coming out or assist abilities, and you're kicking people out and pulling people in and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you know the auto combos make it so you can. You know, you can get away with not knowing a ton, but if you put in the time to learn your own combos, you can come up with like touch of death stuff where you can 
kill somebody. Uh, oh yeah, you yeah. know from full that health can to nothing. Gear yeah, also, exactly, for yeah. sure. Um, but playing playing the the it's so interesting playing through these older games and the characters. Uh, the new games are quite a bit different than yeah. the old games in terms of their systems, but the character kits, the spirit of them still is pretty. Mm-hmm. There's like no my favorite character in these old games, right? No, no, but there are in uh, in in, in uh, don't know what a, don't know what a Roman cancel is. So basically, a <laughs> Roman cancel exists. just it's a it's a button combination that you can press to cancel out of any attack. Mm. Period. So it, it means you can be really creative with your combos because you can you can Roman cancel and basically make anything into a combo. That famous uh, which Roman military maneuver. uh well i mean look if you want to get these games have part of what i've realized this week is that guilty gear is the coheed and cambria of the video game world with characters named things like soul bad guy and uh and and having like the the weird proper nouns and the weird sci-fi storyline that this Mm. that the game has uh our mr Baldhead was the name of of Faust in the first game and then and he was a serial killer. Well, he was a doctor and then he lost a patient and it made him go crazy and he became a serial killer and started killing people and then he went to prison and then some somebody came and let him out of prison and handed him a giant scalpel and this so then he started questioning bedside the, manner. He, he went to compete in the Guilty Gear tournament, which I didn't realize that the first Guilty Gear was just a fighting tournament. Sure. <laughs> it was a it's a fighting tournament. Because they were trying to create a new order of sacred knights that could that could defeat the now coming out of her dimensional prison justice, who's basically a Gundam. She's like, uh, uh, she's she's a gear. The gears are oh, okay. Genetic super soldiers that are merged with animal DNA, and there's a whole its whole thing. Anyway, Doctor Baldhead, he and his he he realizes like that it wasn't his fault and that he didn't. It's he needs to let go of his hatred and then he puts a bag on his head and becomes Faust. Okay, <laughs> and is just a and it's, becomes a kindly doctor. He's the guy with like the it's the like uh, what a burlap sack on his head or yeah okay, yeah, okay. yeah 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 uh and um but but the character that I've I kind of like the most, unfortunately, is also, from what I've heard, by far the worst character for beginners. Um, they call him Zato again in the new, in Strive, but in, he was Zato and then he was Eddie in the ones I'm playing right now. But he's like a dude that has this evil spirit that he controls. And he's really interesting because he doesn't have, uh, at least against the CPU, he's not super combo heavy, but he the zoning that he does is really cool because he like drops these spikes or not drops. They come up out of the ground and they do a lot of damage. And he's got, depending on what input you do, he'll either drop the spike at mid distance or at long distance. And then he also has other abilities that like go across the screen or come in from the other side of the screen. So he's very much about like, it almost is, it almost feels like you're playing a strategy game when you play him because it's more about placing, or actually, it feels more like a platform fighter or something, because mm-hmm. it's about placing stuff around the environment and hitting people with things from weird locations that aren't originating from your yeah. character, while also trying to defend and not die. <laughs> yeah, yourself. Um, it's very cool, very hard. I'm sure I would. It was probably got to be. There was a there was a Zato player in the top eight at Evo, so he's he's definitely high tier, but he's also fucking 
really hard to play. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, high school but cow. That stuff's cool. Uh, yeah. Right. So it's been a fun, uh, fun, fun time. I'm gonna probably play some other stuff to like Tekken and because um, I already have Tekken Seven on PC from some bundle. Um, so the, the, I want to play more fighting games too, but this has been a good entry and, uh, Dragon Ball. I picked up the, uh, Dragon Ball on PC as well. Yeah. Uh, so because I, it's getting rollback. Yeah. I, I thought like it was more imminent, but it's like in the next year and I was like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. all wait till then. Uh, cause For sure. I, like if I get it, then I have to like unlock everybody again. I, I guess you only have to unlock I, if you get like the the pack or whatever, then it's just got everybody. Yeah, uh, I just it was on such a deep sale that mm-hmm. it was like eighteen bucks to get the most expensive version that has everything. So I just did that on Steam. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm just gonna wait until they put out the whatever next the next version is or like the next gen version because they're doing a native PS5 port and like Xbox One port. So yeah maybe yeah. there'll be some extra stuff going on with it. i thought they would Who just knows? do like a sequel to the game like at this point because it's three I, years four years yeah, old it's four years old I, at this point i think i think this makes some sense i mean yes but they also no oh, yeah game. unless sure they're just they gonna give me point. a one piece fighting game because then i'd be all on yeah board. i mean i think i think because there's also been <laughs> repeatedly snubbed that people are are begging for rollback in um grand blue fantasy versus yeah uh because that game is still played i mean they had yeah presence at evo i mean people want to play it and i love i mean i played a lot of the single player of that game it is really fun that game is really really good but uh it's just a waste of i i I played a bunch of the single player and then i was like i'm gonna try some online matches it's a fucking the literally the weekend it came out it was like broken and then it stayed broken forever because it just uses delay netcode and like the delay is so bad uh it's totally unplayable there was a uh the part of the reason that they finally did it for dragon ball was um there was a tournament and a player backed out of the tournament i don't know if the tournament was online or not but a player a prominent player backed out of the tournament because he was like i'm not gonna fucking waste my time with this if they're not gonna put rollback netcode in it and the tournament organizers were like but you were supposed to come and this is kind of a big deal because you're a major player and people will show up to watch you. And he was like, tell them to put fucking rollback in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can do it. They did it with Guilty Gear. So clearly Arxis knows how to make rollback netcode. But they're also putting rollback netcode in Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Uh, I think that's in already, actually. Maybe, yeah. I figure when they re-released it, they would have just done that. They wouldn't have. Well, like... they... The, the, no, they didn't. They just put the, that was announced oh. over the weekend, oh. um, at Evo. Yeah. Uh, it's in beta right now on, I pulled up the store page. Um, it is, uh, the beta for opt-in beta for rollback netcode is live now. So, uh, it's, um, it's, it's pretty cool that they're going back and doing it. Hopefully they'll do it for Grand Blue after yeah. they do it for Dragon Ball. It's the same team that makes Dragon Ball. And Grand Blue, mm-hmm. I, from what I understand, like most of the most of the team is the same. So there's speculation that like once they do the work on one of them, it should be pretty easy to do it for the other one because they're yeah. both UE4 games. So um, it shouldn't be that hard. But I had to decide if I want to pick up P4 Ultimax too because that game is cool. Is that? I own that game. I tried to go through like the story mode or whatever, and it 
no, story mode was just no standard visual novel stuff. It was the arcade mode put modifiers on the yeah. fights. And I couldn't get past the second battle. <laughs> They're hard. Like, They're Yusuke hard. was just... Or yeah. Yosuke? Was that one Yosuke? Yosuke's in five, maybe? Yosuke they're, they're, is just out of his fucking mind, flying across the screen and teleporting yeah, and shit. That, what the fuck? They're really hard. Those games are not easy. Uh, and and unfortunately, because of the way that they do like modifiers and just the way the CPU fights, it doesn't really make you better at the game mm-hmm. like as you would be against other people. No, yeah. Because <laughs> it's a very different skill set to get good against the CPU. So I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to doing more, um, kind of putting in more work with, with fighting games and having a ton of fun, uh, with Guilty Gear. And, um, I'm, I'm, I have enough of a community of people to talk to about it now. I think that I, you know, we were talking to some of the super GG people and, you know, they've got people that, that, uh, are really into fighting games. I have enough people to talk about it to kind of keep, this is the biggest thing about you talk about having lots of different hobbies. Yeah. It's all about the people that I interact with around them. That is what pushes me into actually doing them and not getting burned out. Like the racing thing was a big moment for me because prior to getting into sim racing, I had a really hard time sticking with anything like recreationally. It was all like I would get into something for a month or two and then be done and move on. And that is fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that if if you if you get enjoyment out of it. But it was really frustrating to me because I was like, no, I want to get good at like mm-hmm. a few things that are my things. <laughs> and um, so racing was a was was sort of one of those things. Not that I'm good at it necessarily, yeah. but but at least I have a level of competency in it where I feel like I can plug in the rig and go. Uh, and so to I'm tr- I've tried to very slowly since getting into racing accept other things that I want to try to do and and you know getting better at shooters is one of those things which was kind of already a thing that I was into that's the genre I probably played the most of prior to racing uh and so now trying to add fighting games in and the to be honest with you a huge part of it is so like my friends and I play a lot of Valorant I don't really have a lot of interest or are playing a lot of Valorant for the last couple of weeks I would like to continue playing a lot of Valorant because I really enjoy it. I don't have a ton of interest in solo queuing for like ranked Valorant. Um, I'll jump in solo and play like Spike Rush and um, Gun Game and stuff like that. But I that's a team game to me, so I want to play with my friends who are yeah. playing and stack up. The one of the biggest appeals for me with fighting games has always been. That is the kind of game that I can just, it's a solo thing. Like, I can talk to friends about it, but if it's 10 o'clock on a Thursday night and I want to play something for an hour and I want to play something competitive and all my East Coast friends are in bed already, like, fighting games are, would be such a great way to have something to, to do and get better at. That's something where I can kind of like racing. With racing, I always talk about. And so does Jimmy Johnson, I know. But uh, I talk about, uh, like, it's to me, it's about racing myself. It's less about beating everybody else in the race and more about my own times improving and my own performance improving. And so I think fighting games are a thing I could have a relationship like that with, um, which uh, would be really cool. So I will keep everyone 
abreast of that and hopefully some of my friends that are interested in it will hold me to it and help keep <laughs> me from just going putting this fight stick in the corner in a month and <laughs> not touching it again how how many more guilty gear games you got to get through before you're on strive? oh yeah we should close on that after this huge long conversation about this uh <laughs> again if tomorrow i wake up and go like you know what fuck this i just want to play strive i totally will i'm not forcing myself into anything um, but, uh, there, the next game in the series, Guilty Gear 2 Overture is a Dynasty Warriors slash RTS game, <laughs> which, uh, got pretty shitty reviews when it came out, but actually people say is pretty cool. It's okay. just, you know, Xbox 360 era reviewing was very, it's pretty harsh on games that were weird. Uh, and so there's that. And then there's Guilty Gear Xrd. Uh, right okay is it exerd sign that sounds then, right <laughs> uh revelator and revelator you have to yeah those are the painful ones we'll see what happens when i get there because like the games i've been playing so far are like 10 bucks even this and guilty gear 2 overture is like 20 bucks but then you get to like exerd revelator and if you, you gotta buy the 45 dollar one to really get what mm-hmm. you're looking for and that's when i'm gonna be kind of like i don't know do i want to spend 45 dollars to play this game for like four hours and see the story (laughs) or do i just want to watch the videos i don't know we'll see uh we'll see i'll probably at least play um the one before that one uh just to get a feel for that sort of series of game because they're they're there's like 30 Guilty Gear games, actually, but mm-hmm. there are so many of them are like re-releases and stuff like that, that it's it's weird. Somebody yeah. in a thread, in a thread about the original, excuse me, the original Guilty Gear was saying like, man, back in the day, you just unlocked the characters. So if you wanted to play Justice in Guilty Gear, you just had to beat the game and then you unlock the character. And everybody else was like, yeah, it sucks that now they just lock everything up behind season passes and stuff, da, 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 da. And I'm, I didn't want to get into this thread from four years ago, mm-hmm. but, or not that long ago, it was like a year ago, but it's like, no, back in the day, they sold you the same game 12 times <laughs> <laughs> and each release had a new character in it, but you paid full price for it every mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Like it was worse then. The season, glasses. season pass thing is way better now. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 and Revelator was the one where they kind of ticked over into what if we just sold you an expansion pack instead of a whole new game mm-hmm. um so yeah you can't keep letting these people get away with these names like just what is revelator that's not a word it's sick dude it rocks it's so cool it's just, I, that's why it's fun sure oh uh, yeah yeah I, the series with character named soul bad guy hey, is... you know are we talking about and metal gear solid you, now <laughs> Revengeance? You want to know what's really fucked up? You want to know what's really fucked up? Soul bad guy is not even really a bad guy. Oh my He's just God. an anti-hero. Uh, Ko- Kojima would never. Yeah. <laughs> Eno. There's a character named Venom. Venom. Oh, Chip Zenuff. That's one of my favorite names in Guilty Gear. Sure. Chip mm-hmm. Zanuff, whatever. He's going to be the president in the current games, the storyline that I'm playing. He was like, he was a drug addict and dealer. 
and then he got taken in by this martial arts master and he learned to fight with his swords and then his master got killed by the league of assassins so he has to go fight and kill the leader of the league of assassins and then he realizes at one point i need to better myself and i need to better my my country i'm gonna become the president <laughs> but it's so it's if so only good. we it, could be so lucky to have so, a president well so what's so good is his accent core plus story is he's like i'm good he's going around trying to ask people other characters for their votes and they're all like what are you running to be the president of? And he's like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, what country are you going to be the president of? And he's like, I guess I don't know. And then another person's like, do you have the like campaign funding to actually mount a successful uh-huh, campaign uh-huh. for the presidency? And he's like, I didn't know it was that complicated. And they're all basically explaining to him that he's mm-hmm. a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that you can't just decide you're going to be the president. <laughs> and it's so good. That's why I'm really enjoying this story is that there's so much absurd stuff in it, but it's very clear that the writers know they're totally on the level and very mm-hmm. self-aware yeah, yeah, yeah. and know exactly what they're doing. So it, it, it works really well. Wow. This is it's a lady who fights with her hair. Sure, yeah, that's, that's 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 par for the course. You got, you got Bayonetta, you got... There was someone else. Oh, there was someone in Hunter Hunter who fought with her hair, but that's there's unrelated. A, there's a vampire. He's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You, like, it's, turn it's... into a bat or something? Uh, no, he has bats that, that okay. he interacts yeah, with, sure. but mm-hmm. he's it's cool because they don't call him a vampire for most of the game. And then finally, in one of the stories, somebody calls him a vampire, and I he kind of implies that it's it's like a slur to call him a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I will say there ha- there is a really weird angle. One of the character stories I played last night, there's like this whole thing about like Japanese people being like put into camps okay. in this game because it's like it takes place in the real world, but it's in the future, and there's this whole post. It's basically like a post post apocalypse where there was an apocalyptic conflict that almost caused the end of everything. And then they kind of society is like kind of back to normal now, but it was really, really, really bad for a hundred years. They fought this war. Um, and as part of that, Japan, I guess was basically just like made to non-exist anymore. And they put Japanese people in camps because I think, I think the idea is that Japanese people were on the wrong side of, I don't know. It's a World War II thing, of course, because, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but there's this character storyline where everyone's like, you're a Japanese, and so I can't trust you. <laughs> and it's just like, God, this is really weird. I don't know what kind of stuff they're working out over there with I, this writing. It's, I, yeah, that's I can't fair. just go, look, this is gross, because one it's trying to make a point about something it's not the characters that are racist are not like good guy like they're not saying it's good yeah and also it's a japanese game so yep. i'm clearly there's got to be some i there <laughs> is a there is a history than, of japanese internment camps but this is yeah it's a it's a wild it's, it's that story it's, it's weird it's a lot of weird okay, stuff well, in guilty year don't Pat, don't you make would me get love into, it. Don't make me get into. You'd love gear. it. That's I, great. I know. I can I tell you. You don't have you're to. Telling you me. don't have to play. You don't go. have to play a bunch of games. There's <laughs> there's two four and a half hour long videos oh you can watch. God. <laughs> <laughs> this is part of it too. Play Destiny. When I saw and farm out. When I saw, 
saw yeah. how long the lore videos that people recommended you watch were, I was like, I may as well just play the fucking games for a few hours each because, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to sit for like <laughs> ten hours watching this when I could just play games for ten hours instead. Yeah, that's that's you've broken me with that with this knowledge. That is it's too, not okay. That is too long. I think. I think maybe I found the one that people are recommending, and it's not a four and a half hour. It's a seven video playlist. Okay. And the they're like the first four videos are a half hour each. Okay. And then the the last three videos are closer to an hour each. So okay. it's like seven hours of of ish six six seven hours. It's not that bad. That's that's not the, that bad. That's the fucked up thing bad. is after I go through this convoluted series of because it's it is kind of hard to follow the story at times i might just watch the videos anyway but i'm mm-hmm. not going to sit with popcorn and focus on them i'll just put them on in the background oh, or something. strive 2 uh, comes out strive strive a later uh then th- that's when you can really go back and watch all the lore videos and figure out what mm-hmm. happened yeah anyway uh, that's your fighting game hour yeah like literally um <laughs> today i brought the most esports of all games. Really just <laughs> there's there's nothing more esports than the Game Pass banger two point campus. Which is the I get sequel to Two Point Hospital, which is the spiritual successor to some other older game that I can't remember the name uh, of. Theme Hospital. Played. Theme Hospital. But it's more hang on. It's more than that. They were talking about think- this on Next Lander, I want to say. Probably. Or Waypoint. I can't remember. Um, Either one. But the, the, the Theme Hospital is made by Bullfrog. Right. Uh, which is a British developer that's like, you know, mm-hmm. super whatever. Um, and then, uh, and Bullfrog was founded by Peter Molyneux. And I think that Two Point Hospital, part of the reason why it picked up steam and everybody was excited about it, is that the studio that makes it was made up of people from Bullfrog. Yeah. So it's it's like it's it's like more They just they can't call it Theme Hospital Two or Right, exactly. They can't use the name, but they they can they are the people who or at least many of them are people who made Theme yeah, Carr and Webley, Carr and Webley, the found two of the founders of Two Point Studios, who makes these games mm-hmm. now, um, worked on Theme Hospital, Black and White, and Fable for Bullfrog Productions, and later Lionhead Studios. So right, yeah, they have yeah. like history with the with the series. So yeah, there's pedigree there, and it's more than just like just spiritual successor. Yes, yeah, um, spiritual successor in the way that it is building on what happened before, even if it is not directly in the theme hospital line, but it is, yeah, it is going from there. Um, so Two Point Campus, as you might expect from the name, is not about a hospital. It is about college life and running a college or running multiple colleges of various types. Uh, the I have not played two point hospital or theme hospital or any of those I played games, a fair bit of two point hospital. My understanding it's a, is it's, it's very uh, lighthearted and mm-hmm. like people coming in with strange ailments, like they're lightheaded and they've got a light bulb over their head. 
and stuff like that. I don't know. That's the only thing I remember about hearing about Two Point Hospital. Uh, Two Point Campus is a little, at least so far in the like two, three hours I've played, is less uh, abstract than that. You are building a college campus. Uh, it starts off pretty small, like one building, and you'll build additional buildings and stuff like that. And then you're using, uh, you're building out this, uh, campus with like in the Sims where you're building out walls and putting Mm -hmm. furniture and facilities. Like the first thing you build is a Scientography lab, whatever Scientography is. And so it tells you, oh, a, sci- a Scientography lab needs to have these dimensions. It needs to be five by four or five by five or whatever it is. So you go and you make out your thing. You can make it bigger if you want. That's the minimum requirement. And then it requires this big fuck-off science thing in the middle. And then eventually you've got students coming in and the weird shit is exploding and happening there. And you can put in bookcases or like lab equipment so people can do other classes or other work that they need to do uh which is all you know it it, pretty straightforward with all that stuff you also need to build in dorms and like a student union or a student lounge a staff lounge you really need to take care of all of like the facets of uh maybe not all the facets but what you'd expect from a a, the college campus Mm mm-hmm and uh, as you're upgrading all of like the dorms, you can kids will be like, or students, you know, not necessarily kids; they're in college, but uh, students will be they're kids. Yeah, yeah. we were anyone kids. anyone younger than me as a child. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> Thank you. As I approach thirty, uh, as a thirty-one-year-old, that makes goo- you a child. <laughs> <laughs> goo goo gaga! I'm baby. Uh, no, but, I actually think anybody under 25 is a child. Sure, that, <laughs> that's, yeah, you know, it's, everyone's that's my got cutoff, because yeah. that was when I was still a child. Uh, as someone who works with literal children, uh, it is. Don't get mad if you're under 25. I'm just, it's, I'm just <laughs> joking. It's fine. Uh, it's, you know, anyone over 27 is a boomer, so, you know. Yeah, well, goes. Uh, fucking tell me about it, man. I yesterday <laughs> I got sorry. I got. I have to say this now because it won't be wrong. I was buying beer at the grocery store, and they're very strict in Washington about IDs. Mm. So you have to usually you have to show them your ID, yeah. even if you're like sixty years old, because they have to show the camera that they that you should. And this fucking guy walks over who I know. He's a nice guy who works at the grocery store, and I've it's the grocery store right on the corner. So mm. I've he sees me all the yes, time. Yeah. Um, and and I have my ID. I'm pulling my ID out, and he's like, "Oh, sorry to tell you, I don't need to see it." <laughs> and I was like, "God damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> also, it happened to me like earlier in the week when I was buying a single can of beer at the gas station near mm. my work on my way home, uh, not to drink in the car. Mm. Uh, and the guy was, I like pulled my ID out and he's like, you're good. And I was like, oh, okay. Sometimes I know places really are really strict and they, you have to like show the camera you looked. And he was like, yeah, that's true here, but you're, you're good. I can tell you you're fine. So I'm like, God damn it. This means that I look old enough that mm-hmm. on camera uh-huh. that mm-hmm. they're on camera. Not going to be like, you should have carded that guy. Uh-huh. They're <laughs> anyway, you shave off the beard. You'll have a baby face. And then you'll I know be, I don't, I good. don't want that either. So. <laughs> 
I'm not really complaining. Yeah. Don't when put I wor- in the paper that I got mad. When I worked at Toys R Us, like, same thing. I worked in the R zone with the el- games and electronics. So, you know, for selling an M-rated game, since we're a children's a toy store, we were required, like, store policy is we have to card everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they we, were stricter you know, about it even get, than we were at GameStop. Uh, you get the 60, 70-year-old old lady with the white hair and, you know, the wrinkles. I'm like, can I see your ID? She's like... Really? I'm like, yeah, I, I need to. It's that store policy. I'm sorry. Toys R Us is super strict about that. Yeah. We at, at GameStop, it was basically um, alcohol rules, where it's like if they look over 30, you don't have to card them. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I barely carded anybody because I mean it was pretty clear to tell who was a kid and who was you know yeah. an adult. If someone came in with like U of M basketball shorts on and mm-hmm. a string backpack, I was pretty sure they were college students. So I mm-hmm. usually just didn't bother card- carding them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah, no, Toys R Us was serious. That was, mm-hmm. they watched you like a hawk there. Yep. Yep. Then uh, they're, oh, Japan. I have never been carded for alcohol. I don't know that they do because like I've, drinking age is 20, but yeah. if you, like a supermarket never been asked convenience store they just have a button that says i i like solemnly swear i am 20 years old or over and you just like touch the screen and then i had a friend who went on a date and his date was like 19 and then but she just ordered like a drink at the restaurant they went to and so it wasn't an issue like they just gave it to her so well, and can't you, like, legally give your kids alcohol in Japan if you're an adult or something? I, uh, I don't I, know. I don't know about that. I, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not up I, on I the, thought that uh, their the drinking laws, laws were a lot more lax than than in the U.S. Uh, uh, it, maybe in some not ways. Not quite France levels of lax, yeah, but. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I have not encountered any uh, drunken disorderly conduct in two point campus. I did install like a student. So there's a student lounge and there's a student union and you can put a bar in the student union. Huh? That's and, wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like my student union had at my college had like a, like a pizza place that had like a bar yeah. in it. Like you get beer at the pizza oh. place. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. We did not have... Uh, I think you couldn't take uh, it out or, like, away from... The U of M Student there, but... Union did not have beer, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Eastern Michigan Student Union definitely didn't, mm-hmm. but it was not really very... It wasn't a place you went to hang out. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody at Eastern would go to hang out at the University of Michigan Student Union, because that was <laughs> oh, I, a way cooler place. <laughs> I would go get, like, a pizza for lunch, and get pizza for lunch, and get a beer, and then go to Class Buzz. I was like, okay, yep, this is... Oh, I did that, but I had to go to the bar across the street <laughs> oh, yeah, from no, campus, this was, this was, not, uh, not in the union. on campus, uh, but anyway, yeah, so it was like this... As you move through, you level up a school, and as you get to, like, the third level, then you... You can move on before that, but there are, like, three levels that you progress through by raising students' grades and getting the pass on uh, or graduate and upgrading the quality of your courses and uh, upgrading, you know, all the upgrading various things about your campus. Uh, when I unlocked the student union, they were telling me that I needed to have a party. That was part of the... Uh, part of the tutorial is have a party in the student union. So you schedule a party. It's like, Oh, it'll cost $8,000. 
And then, like, these laser lights started going off in the student union, but no one went in there. <laughs> and I found out I didn't hire anybody to run the student union because I was like, oh, I need, I need to hire somebody to run the bar, of course. And eventually later I, I redid it and did another party. And it was awesome, amazing party in the student <laughs> union. But, yeah, there there's a lot of stuff like that and events you can do. There will be, like, I think there's a pizza place or some sort of fast food some guy like chester the cheese goblin is coming to the campus and trying <laughs> to advertise uh advertise various thing or some restaurant i don't know it's very strange and uh the first school is like a sleepy kind of community college uh, uh-huh. area like along a river and so i mentioned scientography was the first subject that you teach and then you build a second uh, building on campus and there you build a virtual reality lab or they call it virtual normalcy. And they've got like goofy names for the classes, like how, like how to know when you're falling in too deep or how to tell virtual from the reality or whatever, you know, stuff like that. Mm Or uh, the the second school you go to is a is a culinary school at least to start, uh, and it's in like a downtown area. So maybe there's some like oh you'll have people come and come visit the school and eat the food. I don't know. I'm not very far. I haven't even I haven't leveled up the school yet. But the classes like how to handle the heat and stay in the kitchen or something. You know stuff like that. There's it says that like. There's a night school. Yeah, I mean, there's like a magic school. There's like a Harry Potter looking level. Like there's that's cool. I I find I thought that Two Point Hospital was a lot of fun, but I kind of fell off of it because that I sort of felt like I saw what I needed to see in like six seven hours of playing it. But I find the college campus building a more interesting Mm -hmm. theme than um than than hospital. So I'm I've. I, and I forgot this game's on Game Pass, so yes, I'm yeah. installing it now because uh, I do want to check it out. I bet it looks really fun. Yeah, it's uh, very interesting. I've got this. So in my first school, I had this goth guy, and the but the goth uh, like they've got like auras, and that'll impact their friendships with other character, yeah, other mm-hmm. people in the school. And the goth had a like a trait that was just like everyone around them gets like 5% happier. And I'm like, that's not very goth of you, (laughs) but okay. And then there was a cup, like two characters became a couple. And then they asked for a, like a specific, like couple's bed and to be added to one of the dorms. And I'm like, Whoa, we can, the couple dorm. Okay. I mean, I guess. Okay, sure. Whatever. I'll just put it in there. And, your school will have like 60 or more students, like even in like the first school, like, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but for managing a school of this size, it is quite a bit, but you're not building 60 dorms. They're just sharing the dorms and like going in and out on shifts. And so early on, when I only had like four dorms, there would just be like a line of people like outside the door or like four people standing in a dorm waiting to use the bed, which is very funny. Yeah. Uh, but you know, That's so you're funny. having to set up like bathrooms and showers and all this kind of stuff, and it's uh, 
it's been a good time uh, with the little bit I've spent with it. And I, I do want to try and see some of the other more uh, fantastical, interesting schooling stuff they've done. Because there yeah, are a fun. lot of different courses in this game, it looks like. Probably like the 30s-ish or 30 courses, maybe? Yeah, uh, the in two point hospital it's a pretty chill it's pretty chill and like i don't want to say repetitive but it's just kind of like you know you it's it's not super intense uh but it's because of the variety of the weird stuff happening is what makes yeah. it fun and i think that's sounds like that's the case here too yeah uh i like two point hospital i don't re building a hospital and putting in different uh, like yeah. facilities. Okay, to like. Yep. Okay, yep. I need a facility. From what I understand, treat, this game like somebody's yeah, got a frog in their throat cor- or whatever. Yes, instead okay. of different courses, it was more about treating different illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I understand, there's a lot of similarity between yeah. hospital makes- and university, but um, that that's not necessarily a bad thing because uh, like the, yeah. it's it's a good place to take it. Yeah, there's. So one of the things you have to worry about is the success of the students and their grades. And in the second school, they introduce like private tuition, which is not tutoring. I don't know why they call it private tuition, but so you can send people to this private like meeting and that'll raise their grade a little bit. And I've got these one, I've got two students in this culinary school who are just absolutely stinking it up constantly like f or d territory and i'm just like what do you do i have to kick you out like what are you are dragging us down man this is not what is wrong with you can't even boil water like this is very sad uh but we'll we'll see if we can uh pass them and get them to graduate but yeah it's uh it's been fun and uh i definitely think like it's it's a good Game Pass game uh, for PC. I don't. It says play anywhere, so I guess it's on console too. Uh, but it's with the type of management sim it is. I don't feel like you'd want to play it on console. Like, but my girlfriend played a lot of Planet Coaster on console, and I guess it's kind of the same thing. So you know, if that's all, if that's all you got, Xbox, totally perfectly fine. Play place to play it. Uh, so yeah, that's Two Point Hospital or Two Point Campus, rather, not Two Point Hospital, Two Point Campus, and a whole lot of Guilty Gear. They Two Point Guilty Gear. That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they. What do you think they they should do next for the Two Point series? Um. Well, I think you could do restaurants. Sure. I yeah. okay. No, Two I want mall. shopping malls. Yep. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. We got there at the same time. That's the. I fucking love Mall Tycoon, and I think that somebody should make another show. It was, a, it was a older. Yeah, tycoon. but I, I, I didn't know that. I did not know Mall was Tycoon was a game. Yeah, um, it wasn't very good. I bet. I bet if you looked at it now, you would say it's not very good. Sure. But at the time, um, I really loved it. Uh, you can get it on my abandonware. Uh, so, you know, anyone can go play 2002's Mall Tycoon. Um, that is newer than I expected. Uh, they made three of them. Um, the last one came out in 2005. Wow. Uh, but uh, the, I think Shopping Mall would be yeah, really fun. Because you could have different stores. And different stores be, and uh, different yeah. 
different like food court things and yeah that'd be yeah that nailed it uh two point studios cuz restaurants co- restaurants are it. too narrow i think for the whole game mm-hmm. yeah cuz you can't cuz the thing about the theme hospital and it sounds like or two point hospital and it sounds like two point uh university whatever mm-hmm. is you kind of want to like build buildings mm-hmm. and restaurants aren't going to have like a multi-building thing or be like one big huge building they're yeah. going to be a small building so a shopping mall you could work in having restaurants as one of the things you're doing yep. mm-hmm. but then still have these big buildings and you could have like outdoor malls and stuff so yeah i think that would be uh a lot of fun i also think airports could be fun too Ooh. if it was like you were building different kinds of facilities to handle different aircraft mm-hmm. uh could be neat so yeah you there's a blimps coming in prop planes to- mm-hmm. exactly yeah and helicopters and seaplane have to dig out like a seaplane runway and stuff like yeah it would it could be or like pretty clever it, yeah or like a two-point city type thing where you're building like tourist destinations and whatnot to kind of macro scale i definitely there's a degree to which these games are i want more game we may have even talked about this on an episode i want games to try to fucking compete with the sims damn it Uh because yeah we have definitely talked about this on the podcast i just i want i think that there's the sims is just like fundamentally missing some things that would make it make me really really love it with where i'm at as Mm a as a gamer now Mm -hmm. um uh, 360 no scopes yeah, exactly. Uh, no, mostly just the fact that like I want either to zoom out more and mm-hmm. not have to worry about the individual Sims and controlling them and more mm-hmm. manipulate the world around them, which is exactly what Two Point is doing. Yeah. Or I want to get hyper focused on one and play it like a survival game. Mm-hmm. Not really, but like zoom in and yeah. take control of my character directly and walk around and push the button to do different life sim stuff. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's the, the, those would be, and it would be nice if there would be more competitors. So if, if the two point people wanted to make a like two point city situation mm-hmm. where you're kind of <laughs> managing a bunch of different aspects of lots of different people's lives, that could be really fun. Yeah. It, it take the, you know, do a cheeky version of city skylines or sim city or whatever it is. And you know, that sometime at some point, it probably won't be the two point people at some point, uh, Somebody is gonna make a game that's like, um, it's like gonna be an indie developed game that's like we actually simulated 2.7 million people, and you can click on any of the, and it'll look like a game from 1996, mm-hmm. but it'll be the most advanced simulation of an <laughs> actual city that you've ever seen. Oh, um, like Dwarf Fortress for um, city maybe builders. That, maybe that's what. Uh... What what is their uh, the No Man's Sky team? But Hello Games, that's what that's their next project. Oh God, jeez, who knows? Uh, but maybe we'll find out in the near future. Who knows? I don't know when they're going to mm-hmm. talk about that game. Maybe they won't talk about it until it's ready to come out. Because if I was them, that's what I would do at this point after No Man's Sky. <laughs> Despite turning it around, I'd be like, "You'll find out when we're ready." and not a second sooner <laughs> but uh yeah all right we can wrap it up there we had a much meatier episode than i was expecting you had a, mm-hmm. quite a few thoughts about guilty gear that i was not prepared for it's a it, yeah 
join me. Join me in hell. (laughs) Heaven or hell, baby! They say that at the start of every fight in the first Guilty Gear. That's the most disappointing thing about the... It starts off with this voice going, Heaven or hell, baby! And then later in Guilty Gear X2, it's all just this this guy who's like, Heaven and hell, fight! (laughs) (laughs) It's like, dude... The last character sounded so weird and cool. Uh-huh. And you're just like... Maybe they'll bring hope. it back and Strive. Yeah, I'm hoping. I haven't heard what the announcer sounds like in Strive because it was hard to hear during the Evo Top 8. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe he's more fun. They're more fun. Okay, well, that's it for this episode. You can find us on Twitter at FixPodcasts or send us an email to gamingatfix.space to tell us what you think the next two point studios game should be thank you to jeff davis at stranger peace on twitter tiktok and twitch for our theme music pat where can people find you you can find me on twitter at pjc place you can find me andre cole on twitter at cool slaw c o o l s l 4 w where i don't tweet much lately i haven't been on twitter i might start tweeting some of my favorite vn panels from these games at some point but i haven't there hasn't been a single panel that's really gotten me good enough to want to tweet it totally fair well keep your eyes peeled for something like that we'll be back next week with another episode of the podcast stay wet gamers